Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Live on this Monday, June the 27th of 2022. It is currently seven minutes after five o'clock, 73 degrees, a very comfortable summer day in downtown South Bend, Indiana. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining me as we broadcast live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and with our free WSBT radio app. Tonight's program is two hours in length because the South Bend Cubs are idle today. And then tomorrow morning, they hit the road for Beloit. They'll take on Beloit in a six-game series starting tomorrow night right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This edition of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat is being brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Pet Refuges, ABC Clinic, South Burnett Drive in South Bend, helping fight pet overpopulation by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978 by the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair summer starts here July 1st through the 9th get details at 4hfair.com by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana hunger is a story we can end find out how at feedindiana.org Well, coming up on tonight's program, we will spend a little time discussing Link Jarrett leaving the Notre Dame baseball program for his alma mater at Florida State. I'll reflect on his time in South Bend at 535 and also bring you a terrific video that was released by the Notre Dame baseball program on social media as Link addressed his Fighting Irish baseball team Friday morning at the baseball facility at X Stadium to inform them that he was leaving Notre Dame to become the head coach at his alma mater, Florida State. What a run for Link Jarrett in three years with the Fighting Irish. So we'll talk about Link's stay in South Bennett right around 535 and then also right around 635. I'm going to play back a few of the cuts from Coach Jarrett's introductory press conference at Florida State earlier today where he told some very interesting Notre Dame stories, including how Notre Dame made him a more creative and tougher baseball coach just because of some of the things he had to deal with in terms of getting practice done while other sports were also practicing around the baseball team. So you'll hear Link tell these stories coming up in about an hour and 20 minutes at 635 here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Also, we've got our Twitter question of the day coming up 
at 525. It will focus on Notre Dame football, who had the best weekend. We'll have that in our My 5 question of the day at approximately 550, our sports wagering segment at 625. And also in the 6 o'clock hour, the Notre Dame football program has the number one recruiting class for 2023, according to On3.com, the service that works with my colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. But did you know the Irish have the number one recruiting class for 2024? And, of course, the 24 class got a very nice bump when they picked up a verbal commitment from four-star tight end Jack Larson out of North Carolina, beating out the likes of Clemson, Michigan, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. That was terrific news for the Irish on Friday as they picked up Larson. And now they have four commitments in the class of 2024. Larson, quarterback C.J. Carr. You've got a highly thought-of pair of defensive linemen and Owen Waffle and Brandon Davis-Swain. So we'll get into that discussion also coming up later on in the program here on WSBT Radio. Thanks to Jim Irizarry for sitting in on Budweiser's weekday sports beat last week as I had a little vacation time, took in the sights in Upper New York for the first time, in Oswego and Alexandria Bay, Lake Ontario, St. Lawrence River. It was a fascinating trip, to say the least. Very, very enjoyable. Ate the best wings I've ever had. I had the best hot dog that I've ever had. And I need to talk to the folks in our listening audience, whether it be here in South Bend or online. If you're from the state of New York or in that vicinity, why have you held us all hostage in the rest of the United States from the greatness of salt potatoes? I had never heard of salt potatoes until last weekend. I think I had three batches of salt potatoes. I may have a weakened heart at this point. But that's a really good way of eating potatoes. Salt potatoes, it's just kind of a northeastern thing. I had never heard of it. And I brought a couple of bags back, so if you'd like to stop by the house and try it, it'll be available sometime very soon. But I'd never heard of it until last weekend, and now I'm a fan and figuring out a way to maybe ship in a little bit more of that product once these two bags of salt potatoes have been eaten by me. So that was a really cool experience but we're here to talk sports and let's get things started here on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT the first pitch of the first pitch of the night and we are ready for the first pitch into the wind of his first offering just a bit outside he tried the corner and missed well, our first pitch today centers around the Notre Dame football team, in particular, the Fighting Irish run game. You think back to right before the Blue Gold game, whether it be on Sportsbeat AM or on Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat, I'd spend time talking about and very excited to talk about the possibilities of the Notre Dame run game in 2022. It seems possibly strange to be overly excited about a part of the football team that lost the heart and soul of their running back room to the National Football League draft, Kyron Williams, taken by the Los Angeles Rams. But going into the blue goal game, even without Kyron, I thought this running back room 
had a lot of terrific football players, and there was an enormous amount of depth at that position. You look at the depth chart, it's like, yeah, the Irish should be in really good shape, even without Kyron Williams. Well, the blue goal game was played, and time has passed since then, and Notre Dame's depth at that position is now truly being challenged, as they have currently three scholarship healthy running backs ready to go for the start of fall camp. You think back to the start of spring football. Let me give you what I thought. This necessarily isn't factual to the way the coaches thought about it, but this is just my perception, and I think my colleagues across the beat would probably come up with something very similar. But the running back room at Notre Dame would start with Chris Tyree, the junior, He had the best opportunity to be the lead back for this football team, although I think we all expect the running back carries to be handled by a committee. But Chris Tyree would have the first chance to be the first guy coming out onto the football field, maybe lined up as a wide receiver, probably as a running back. We did not get to see Chris Tyree at full strength last year due to injury. And even in the spring, an ankle hampered his ability to get better. But a healthy Chris Tyree come August, you would think he would be the leading candidate to be your starting running back in South Bend. Going into spring, Logan Diggs, the sophomore, would have been penciled in number two on my depth chart. We didn't see the freshman until the Virginia Tech game in Blacksburg, and then the Irish had a very difficult time not giving him carries the rest of the year. Had a very exciting freshman campaign. And to be honest, Diggs lucked out. He got on the field once the Irish had sorted out their offensive line issues, changed personnel. So Diggs actually got to run behind the best of the offensive line in 2021. Kyron Williams' numbers were held back due to the inability of the offense to get that offensive line set, the running game rolling early on in the year. But it did get better once some changes were made. Alt and Kristoffic, from a personnel standpoint, changed the look of that offensive line. But Diggs, injured. Number three on the depth chart starting spring football, in my opinion, was Audric Estime, a sophomore to be. Very limited opportunities as a freshman. Then at number four, you've got Jadarian Price, a freshman running back for this football team. Followed by, in my opinion, in the number five spot of the depth chart starting spring, a guy that was not even a part of spring practice. The young man who left Indiana University for Notre Dame, a four-star coming out of high school, the freshman Jabrin Payne. That was before spring practice. But things have changed. Freshman running back Jadarian Price is now out for the season after suffering a ruptured Achilles tendon. Price had surgery on Friday, and he will not play in 2022. You might recall Price had a wonderful blue goal game with eight catches, including a touchdown reception. Price, a four-star coming out of Denison, Texas, the number 14 running back, according to On3 Consensus, the 216th best player in the class of 2022. 
Now, in that blue goal game, I mentioned the receptions. Eight catches, 104 yards, and that 51-yard touchdown catch from Steve Angeli. Running game was held in check that particular day as the offensive line, the best five really weren't together, so nine carries, 12 yards for Price, but his ability to catch the football caught all of our attention. Now, Chris Tyree, I mentioned a moment ago, he was limited last year by a turf toe injury. Who would have thought Chris Tyree, after a very successful freshman season, would have just 222 rushing yards last season? He had 496 as a freshman. His yards per carry plummeted from 6.8 to 4.0. Now his catches went up as expected from 8 to 24. Now he dealt with an ankle injury during spring ball. Hopefully that will be behind him when we get fall camp ready to go in just a few weeks. But let's throw aside the sophomore year. I know you can't throw it out totally. But to me, Chris Tyree has the ability to be a highly productive running back in elite Division I college football. He has the speed to burn a defense. He has proven he can run between the tackles. He is not just a guy you sweep to the left and sweep to the right. You give him the football on a reverse, he can do some damage in between the tackles. Plus, a terrific part of what could be A different-looking passing attack for the Irish this year with a guy like Tyree, not necessarily just being in the backfield, but a guy that Tommy Reese could split out as a wide receiver. Then you've got Logan Diggs, who was injured in the blue goal game. Labrum tear, needed shoulder surgery, and at this point, we really don't know when Diggs is going to return. It will be at some point this season. I'm guessing it will not be... For the Ohio State game, that would be a quick recovery, but at some point he'll be back. Diggs as a freshman, 52 carries, 230 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, three touchdowns, also had six catches for 56 yards and a score. That is a guy that is a terrific number two compliment for Chris Tyree. Then you get to Estime, very limited role as a freshman. Six of his seven carries occurred in the blowout home win over Georgia Tech. Also got a carry in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. This was a guy buried on the depth chart due to that terrific running back room that the Irish had last year. Now you look at what has happened with Price and Diggs. He has gone from a guy not even listed on your depth chart when you got the game notes, to possibly being number two for Ohio State. As we've talked about, Jadarian Price, the ruptured Achilles tendon, he's out. Which brings us to Jabran Payne. If things lay out the way I and all of us assume, with three healthy scholarship running backs at this particular time, Paying a guy that just got on campus, enrolled in summer school, not a part of spring practice, he could be the number three running back for the Fighting Irish in Columbus in what could be a top 10 showdown with Ohio State and a game with a lot of possibilities for what could happen later on in the season with the college football playoffs. So sure, you look at the Ohio State game, A couple of months ago, Tyree Diggs and Estime as your top three. Hey, let's roll. 
Let's go get this. But now due to the injuries, you could argue Tyree is one, Estimate two, and Payne is now all of a sudden number three on the depth chart. We know at some point Diggs is going to come back. Payne, or I should say Price, will not. But I think here is something that you can take away from what's going on right now that is a positive. If this onset of injuries take place during fall practice, or let's talk worst case scenario, if these injuries occur late in fall practice, the amount of time you have to adjust is minimal. And yes, it could affect the offense. But you take a look at what Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, Coach McCullough, they've got an enormous amount of time to prepare for what could be the Notre Dame running back depth chart, not only for the start of fall practice, but for that first game, that huge game against Ohio State. It's not like it happens three days before the game and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, guys that have not gotten a lot of reps, here you go, boys, (laughs) step right up, put on that chin strap a little tighter, let's roll. Guys like Estime and Payne will enter fall camp with the opportunity to get the amount of reps necessary to prepare themselves for the opportunity that possibly lies in front of them at the start of the year. And I think it's important to point out, you know, Tyree has been a little banged up the last year. No guarantee that's going to continue. But if he's a little dinged up in fall camp, then that maybe will cause the nervous meter to skyrocket amongst Irish nation. But for right now, knowing that Estime and Payne are going to get a full fall workout with the offense, the top part of the offense, if you have to go to Ohio State with Tyree, Estime, and Payne, you make it work. You'd love to have a running game that particular day. And you know what? There's a chance the Irish could have a running game. Ohio State was pretty good against the run. Their defense wasn't as good as they hoped last season, which was a big reason why they could not beat Michigan at the Big House last year and had what is considered an off year by not making the college football playoff. But here's another little part of the equation. If Tyler Buckner's your starting quarterback, that's a pretty good option to help out your running game. Tyler Buckner is a guy that we have seen that is extremely athletic, elusive. He can turn on the afterburner. I'd like to see him get down a little more, avoid some hits along the way. But there's a really good option to help your running game that looks a little different than we thought it was going to before spring practice got underway. Now, if Notre Dame falls behind in this game against Ohio State, there's going to be a point where you're going to have to shelve the running game and have to throw it a little more. Then part of this conversation might be negated. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Notre Dame has a nice running game early on. They establish the line of scrimmage with that, what appears to be an offensive line that could be extremely productive and helpful to this running game that started off slow last year. You just can't afford a slow running game start this year considering the opponent. So Tyree, Estimate Payne could be your top three running backs for Ohio State, but you got Tyler Buckner running the football if he is, in fact, the starting quarterback like we expect.
And you got different ways to also run the football. You got some possibilities for an end around for a couple of the speedy wide receivers that Tommy Reese will have on the football field. So it doesn't have to be just the old-fashioned way of running the football. You can be very productive in the running game with the use of your quarterback, your wide receivers. And let's see if the Irish get a little creative with the ability to establish a run game against Ohio State. And you know what? Maybe they don't have to be fancy. With that offensive line, Buckner, Tyree lining up on that first series, they can establish that running game early, then that really changes the complexion of that football game. You'd love to be able to control tempo because I think we are all aware, no matter how good Al Groh's defense is, it's going to be a handful to slow down that Ohio State offense for 60 minutes. Not to say they can't hold them down, but great offenses figure out a way to put points on the board. And you have to respect them and understand that it's going to be, I think, fair to say, difficult to hold them under 20 points at home, considering the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, they have returning and the weapons they have back. But a nice little running game would do wonders for the Irish that particular day, and it'll be really interesting to see what that running back depth chart looks like with now Price out with the ruptured Achilles tendon. You got Diggs on the shelf to start the year, we would assume, with the labrum surgery. So here we go with Tyree, Estime, and Payne possibly atop the depth chart for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And you have to wonder, do these injuries that could affect the running back depth chart early in the year, does that change the thinking of Tommy Reese using Chris Tyree more as a wide receiver? Can you afford to have Tyree away from the backfield now considering the experience level of the two guys healthy right now behind him are going into that matchup against Ohio State and Columbus. Part of the chess match. That's why those coaches make a whole lot more money than us armchair quarterbacks. So that's a little conversation on the Notre Dame running game and who's healthy and who's not right now and what was once a very deep, healthy, and talented running back room. It is still talented. Healthy, not so much as, not as good as we hoped, but there are still possibilities when you combine that offensive line and the quarterback to still run the ball well enough to win football games early on in the season until maybe a guy like Logan Diggs returns from the injured list. It is 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. We are just getting started on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. When we return, it'll be our Twitter question of the day, and it centers around the conversation we just had about the Notre Dame run game. That's coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
And welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. 25 minutes in front of 6 o'clock on this Monday evening. Darren Pritchett back with you here on WSBT Radio. Some local sports news within the hour. The South Bend School Corporation announced that South Bend Adams football coach Antoine Jones has resigned as the Eagles football coach. And the search is on for a new head coach. And that is a late summer type piece of news that I think no administrator is looking for as you're just a few weeks away from the start of football practice and you're not expected to be searching for a football coach on June the 27th, but that stands in front of South Bend Adams at this particular time. Uh, Chuck Freeby from 46 Sports tweeted out just a little bit ago that Jones is on tonight's Penn School Board agenda to be hired as Assistant Director of Security. It is expected he'll be hired as an assistant coach for the Kingsmen as well. Again, that is according to our good friend Chuck Freeby from WHME Channel 46 Sports. That looks like that Corey Yeoman will add an assistant coach at Penn High School with a lot of experience, but also Assistant Director of Security for Penn High School. So that's some local sports news here on WSBT Radio. Now let's get to our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day. I was on vacation last week, so the last Twitter question has been sitting on the back burner for a while, but it was a landslide vote. My last question before vacation was Notre Dame baseball's Super Regional Game 3 win over Tennessee, the best win by a Notre Dame major sports team this year. So we're basically talking about baseball, softball, football, the basketball team, soccer, hockey. And according to those who voted on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat, that absolutely going to number one Tennessee, winning that game in Knoxville, down 3-1 in the seventh inning, rallying to win to get to the College World Series, was the best win by a Notre Dame major sports team this year. 93% said yes. 7% said no. I tried to figure out what could be a game that possibly could have topped the excellence of that baseball win in Knoxville over number one Tennessee. And I really couldn't come up with a choice, so I'm not sure the 7% the game they were thinking about. But 93% said, you bet, that was the win of the year by a Notre Dame major sports team. Which leads us to today's Sports Beat Twitter question of the day, and it plays off our first pitch conversation in regard to the Notre Dame run game when you factor in a couple of injuries that have hit the running game. So here is today's question that I posted just a little bit ago on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. We started spring ball with what looked like a deep Notre Dame running back room. The opener against Ohio State could have a depth chart of Tyree, Estime, and Brian as a couple of Key running backs are out with injury. As we've mentioned, Logan Diggs had the labrum surgery, could be back at some point this year. In fact, he should be back at some point this year. But also, Jadarian Price, the ruptured Achilles tendon, he will not play this year. So, the five quality running back, running back room, at least down to three, it looks like, for the Ohio State game. So, what is your level of concern for the running game against the Buckeyes? You have four choices. You have no concerns. You feel like these guys can do the job. 
Number two, you have a little concern, but you believe Tyler Buckner, if he is the starting quarterback, will help the run game with his ability to lug the football around. Choice number three, I'm concerned. And choice number four, I'm a little concerned, but this is going to be a game in which the Irish are going to have to throw the ball to win the ball game. So those are the four choices. Your level of concern for the running game against the Buckeyes, no concerns, a little concern, but Buckner will help the run game. Choice three, I'm concerned. Choice four, yeah, a little bit, but the Irish are going to have to throw the football successfully anyway. You can vote now through yesterday, or I'm sorry, tomorrow afternoon, and go to my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat and take part in today's Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. And we are looking forward to passing along the results to you on tomorrow's program. 20 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. What an impact Link Jarrett had in three years in South Bend. We'll get to that discussion and playback his emotional speech to the Notre Dame baseball team on Friday as Sportsbeat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. 60 minutes in front of 6 o'clock, Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat. Brought to you by Budweiser, Pet Refuges, ABC Clinic, Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. We appreciate their sponsorship of local sports talk on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. Well, it was a magical Magical season for the Notre Dame baseball team. After missing out on the College World Series by a game last year, losing to the team that eventually won the national championship, the Irish plan to get back and win a national championship. They got back to the Super Regional. They had to take care of number one Tennessee on the road. They did that. They got to Omaha for the third time in program history. And after that first win... Once they took down Texas and stayed in the winner's bracket, that's when you could start to dream big. If you're a Notre Dame fan, after they beat Texas, to avoid falling into the loser's bracket after the first game, once you win that first game, then you can start thinking about, hey, there are four teams that have a huge advantage over the other four because they're in the winner's bracket, And those four teams that lost the opening game have a very difficult road back to get themselves in position just to make the championship series. And when you are that, when you're in that position as one of the four teams that won, you can start thinking about winning a national championship. The other four are just trying to survive. The four teams that won the first game, think big because – If you win your next game, then all of a sudden you are in an amazing position to go to the championship series. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out for the Fighting Irish. And they lost their next two games, ousting them from that chance to win a national championship. But I'll tell you what, with the way this team played the game, 
with how clean they played the game defensively. The pitching staff normally kept you in the game. The opportunistic nature of the offense. They didn't have that one big, massive offensive guy that was going to scare the daylights out of the other team or maybe their scouting report centered around that one guy, maybe like a Nico Cavadas did last year for the Irish or Melendez for Texas. But they knew how to play the game. And that tells you a lot about the coaches that worked with this team. Taking the extra base, using their athleticism, stealing bases, hitting behind runners, manufacturing runs. Tennessee, they were built to mash the baseball. Notre Dame was not. Now they hit four homers in that game against Tennessee to go to Omaha, but that's not their style of play. It was a reflection of their head coach. And I remember when he arrived, he was talking about what Notre Dame baseball might look like, and he started talking about those things and stealing bases. And I just said to him, you know, in the 1980s, the Cardinals were the outlier. They stole over 300 bases in a season. They didn't have power bats. They had one guy, Jack Clark. Everybody else ran like a kangaroo or a roadrunner. And they won games with their speed, and he felt like he could win a lot of baseball games with that style of play. Now, they hit more home runs than you would think, but they didn't have just those big mashers like I talked about like some other teams had. But Link Jarrett did an amazing job with the Irish. I mean, who would have thought he comes from Greensboro to take over a program that was floundering. He goes 86-32, and 32, a 729 winning percentage in three years. That is the second-best winning percentage in the country. It's not like the ACC is a walkover conference. That is a terrific baseball conference. The SEC's won the last three championships. Pac-12, Big 12 have really good baseball. The ACC is right in there near the top. So that's a great accomplishment. And speaking of the ACC, in three years under Link Jarrett, best ACC record at 44-21. and 21. 23 games over 500 in that conference. ACC Coach of the Year, D1 Baseball National Coach of the Year in 2021, 41 and 17. This year, making the College World Series, named Mike Martin Coach of the Year. Link Jarrett did everything you could have wanted as an Irish fan. He came in and revitalized a program that didn't have much of a heartbeat. And now this has become a program that is back on the map because of Link Jarrett. Now, will it continue? Hey, we don't have crystal balls. We have no idea. In between Paul Maneri and Link Jarrett, there was not much success with the decisions of hiring a new head coach at least to the levels that were set by Maneri and reestablished by Jarrett. So hopefully we don't go through another dry spell like we had for two decades here in South Bend. But Link Jarrett did what you wanted, and that was bring life back to this program. And not only did he do that, they became a team talked about nationally for three consecutive years. The first year is like, where did this team come from? 11-2, and two, then COVID hits, and boom, we're done. 
but then they pick up where they left off last year and almost made it to the College World Series, and they took that experience, used it, and got to the College World Series this year. And it all starts with the head coach. So thoroughly impressed with the way he teaches, the way he prepared his team, the scouting reports he and his coaching staff put together. He gave this team a chance to win each and every ball game. I mean, he was a great player himself. Two-time All-American shortstop at Florida State, 93 and 94. He was a player three times in Omaha playing in the College World Series for Florida State. He still holds an NCAA record, 802 career assists. He was awfully good with the leather. And you take a look at some of his stats, this Notre Dame team kind of looks like who Link Jarrett was as a baseball player. You hate to see him go, but I think all of us knew when Florida State fired Mike Martin Jr. what was about to happen. Link was a rising star in the coaching industry. It started at Greensboro. It continued in South Bend. And as I established before going on vacation, Florida State could go one of two ways. They had been run basically by the Martin family for several decades. Mike Martin Sr., a legendary baseball coach, then his son takes over three years. He's fired. So were they going to continue with the Florida State family route with their head coaching decision? Are they going to go outside the family and start fresh? Well, when Florida State did not name a head coach once the College World Series started and continued on, the writing was on the wall. This was too good of a guy to pass up. If Florida State passed on this guy, I told a buddy of mine who's a diehard Florida State fan, you all are nuts. If you don't take this guy, if you think going outside the Florida State family is the answer, you're nuts. This is the guy you want. I didn't want to lose him, but the timing was right. As Link has talked about, Family, very important to him. He's going to have the ability to visit his mom and dad, his wife's mom and dad in Tallahassee, take care of them. It's just perfect timing for him, and he's going home, a place where he had great success as a player. There are many different ways to handle leaving a place to go somewhere else as a head coach. Brian Kelly did it one way, leaving Notre Dame for LSU, not the way I would suggest for young coaches. Link Jarrett did everything right. Notre Dame Baseball, their Twitter account, posted this video of Link addressing his team on Friday before the news was out there that he was going to become the Florida State head coach. It was kept quiet. He was able to talk to his team. Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick also in this video. You'll hear from him second in this two-minute video. But I have so much respect for Link Jarrett. I think Florida State is a lucky baseball program to have him. I'm going to miss him here for many, many reasons, including his passion for this place. So give a listen. This is from Notre Dame Baseball's Twitter account, a portion of Link Jarrett talking to his baseball team about taking the Florida State job. Then you'll hear from Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick. The best thing that ever happened to me was getting the job at Notre Dame. The best. There's no, not even close. Um... You guys impacted me, my family, my career. 
And I'll never, ever forget what it felt like with you guys in here. Jack would have done everything in his power to keep me here as a head coach. Everything. This was not about, this was not about money. This was not about this. He was addressing all that with me in terms of what can we do to keep it going. He would he was doing that. I couldn't make this decision based on those factors in my life right now. Couldn't do it. But I feel a responsibility right now to my parents and my wife's parents who have nobody else around to help them. And ultimately, that was an overriding factor in what I felt like I had to do right now. For me, this is kind of a quintessential learning because this place is all about family. And today is all about family. But for as much as I know a transition like this is difficult and not something any of us wants, I hope you'll see the reason to celebrate I hope you'll see how special this family is that you created, and how cool it is that the person who's led you for three plus years is making a difficult decision to leave this family because of his obligation to his other family. That's the other That's where we should be. There you go. Link Jarrett, then Jack Sorbrick addressing the Notre Dame baseball team on Friday before the news got out that Link was leaving for his alma mater at Florida State. I have a ton of respect for Link Jarrett. And just like when Paul Maneri left, someone that I got to know actually personally more so than just as a baseball coach, will not find a finer gentleman than Paul Maneri. When he left, I became a secondary LSU baseball fan. I watched a ton of their games during the decade or so he was the head coach, including when they won the national championship, which just was the coolest thing ever. And I'll tell you right now, I'll be rooting for Florida State because of how much respect I have for Link Jarrett, the man, and Link Jarrett, the baseball coach. So they'll be on my secondary list of teams that I root for, and I'll be cheering on Link Jarrett at Florida State. Maybe not when they play the Fighting Irish, those three games in the regular season, or maybe the ACC tournament, but otherwise, Link, give them hell down there at Florida State. 5.58 is our time. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I've always gotten tons of UTIs. Cranberry products never worked for me, and I was desperate for a way to be proactive. I'm Jenna Ryan, CEO and founder of Eucora. We've worked with doctors to develop effective urinary tract health products. Just mix a packet of Eucora with water and drink it when you need support, like right after intimacy. Eucora is helping over 100,000 women stay healthy. Ready to join them? Get 30% off at eucora.com radio. That's U-Q-O-R-A dot radio. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. 
a Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez! Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner! Here's Darren Pritchett. And we welcome you to the second hour of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Speed on this Monday evening. It is nine minutes after six o'clock. Hope you had a terrific weekend. And thanks for joining me on this Monday afternoon on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. We've got the My Five question of the day coming up in just a moment. Notre Dame football class of 2024 recruiting is going very well. Thank you very much. We'll get to that in a bit. Sports wagering segment on the way. And also, later on this hour, I'll play back a couple of the audio sound bites from Link Jarrett's introductory Florida State press conference earlier today. The former Irish baseball coach met the media for about 40 minutes today. and Notre Dame came up several times and his conversation with the media. So we'll play back those comments in just a little bit. And, oh, by the way, according to the Tallahassee Democrat, Link Jarrett will make a base salary in his first season of $875,000. That's a pretty big step up in the old tax bracket from where he was at Notre Dame. And then gradually – scale up to $1 million in the seventh and final year of his contract, which is in 2028-2029. Over the seven-year deal, the Tallahassee Democrat reports Jarrett will make $6.5 million, which is a notable increase from the four-year $1.6 million contract Mike Martin Jr. signed to be the head coach at Florida State in 2020. And 19. Martin was fired right as the Irish were getting set for that super regional against Tennessee. And interestingly enough, Jarrett and Mike Martin Jr. were teammates at Florida State, not only teammates, but roommates. And now Jarrett is succeeding Mike Martin Jr. as the new head coach at Florida State. There are a number of ACC and SEC coaches who still will be making more than Jarrett, according to the Tallahassee Democrat, but his new salary puts Florida State closer to where it belongs in this conversation. So you'll hear from Link coming up in just a little bit here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Today's question, who had the best weekend? Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Starting at number five is Matthew Wolf, a 23-year-old PGA Tour golfer who was an outstanding player at Oklahoma State. When he arrived on the scene on the PGA Tour, there were a lot of expectations thrown on his shoulders. But unfortunately, he's had some good moments, but there have been a lot of down moments. And he's actually probably more known for his unique golf swing than his success on the PGA Tour. He routes the golf club in a very unique fashion. Well, Wolf over the weekend signed on with the Saudi Arabian-backed LIV Live Golf Tour. 
which will guarantee him money no matter where he finishes in their golf tournaments, which is totally different from the PGA Tour, where your success on the course determines the amount of money you bring home. Now, it's kind of interesting to consider. One of the highlights for Wolf, he was the runner-up at the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. But since... He's been dealing with a lot of issues. He has experienced mental distress. He stepped away from the game on a number of occasions. Now, he had some good moments last fall, and at one point he captured four straight top 20 finishes. But Wolf's game has fallen off ever since the calendar flipped to 2022. He has missed seven cuts on the PGA Tour and has had only one top 25 performance which was at the Wells Fargo Championship last month. Now, Wolf wrapped up this week's Travelers Championship with a four-under par 66. He finished at a tie for 40th in what is his final shot to be taken on the PGA Tour, maybe for his career because he has signed on with Live Golf, which has smaller fields. They have shotgun starts. They don't go threesomes off the first tee or twosomes off the first tee. It's like you and me playing at a charity event at Blackthorn. If you have a full field, everybody starts on a particular hole, one through 18. That's how they do it on the Live Golf Tour. And there's a team challenge. Man, it's totally different. And the competition level is a whole lot different. If Matthew Wolf, at the age of 23, was having a lot of success on the PGA Tour, would he make this same decision? To me, this is a guy not hitting the ball well. He's not scoring well, despite what he did on Sunday at the Travelers. But this seems the easy way out. If you don't play well on the PGA Tour, you're not going to make much money. But on the Live Golf Tour, you get money up front. And the purses are bigger. There are no cuts. It just feels like a guy not playing well went the easy way out rather than working hard on his game, trying to reestablish himself on the world's best tour the PGA Tour. Four. Who had the best weekend? I don't know who this person is. It wasn't me. But someone who is an individual that uses BetMGM for their sports wagering. They made a pretty good choice. Now, BetMGM is known for handing out free bets. So one of the individuals who uses BetMGM obviously bets a lot of money because they got a $500 free bet. So how did this individual use their $500 free bet? They decided to go with a wager that was a three-team parlay. And it was going to take a little time to see if this was going to work out. So the individual with the $500 free bet decided to go with this three-team parlay. Up first, he went with the team he thought was going to win the Super Bowl. At plus 1,000, he took the Los Angeles Rams. He or she, I guess I should say. The second choice, they decided to go with the team they thought was going to win the NBA championship. The choice, at plus 600, the Golden State Warriors. Do you see the theme that's building? And the third part of the three-team parlay, they decided to pick the team they thought 
was going to hoist the world's greatest trophy, Lord Stanley. At plus 600, the Colorado Avalanche. Rams, Warriors, Avalanche as champions. The total odds at the time of the bet, plus 53,700. Well, as we know, the Rams rallied late in the fourth quarter to beat the Bengals to take home the Super Bowl championship. The Golden State Warriors took down the Boston Celtics in six games in the NBA Finals. And last night, the Colorado Avalanche took care of the Tampa Bay Lightning down in Florida 2-1, a Game 6 Stanley Cup victory for the Avalanche. So we started this conversation. It was a $500 free bet for this individual. And it hit. He went, or she went, from the $500 free bet, nailing the three-team parlay, the winnings, $269,000. The free bet turns into $269,000. Job well done with that particular wage. Boy, that is taking advantage of a $500 free bet. Okay, okay. Who had the best weekend at number three? The gentleman's name is Wes Johnson. Maybe you know him, probably not. Minnesota Twins pitching coach. He has decided to leave the Twins later this week because he's accepted a new job. He's now the pitching coach in college baseball of the LSU Tigers. I guess if you're not enamored with the prestige of being in the show... You have a better life as a college coach. It's a shorter season, much shorter season. And I was told by someone the pay increase was probably significant going from the Twins to LSU. In fact, there's a report that Johnson may be made between $300,000, $400,000 with the Twins. He might get apparently over $700,000 at LSU. So you almost double your salary and you work half the days, if not more. Again, if you're not into the prestige of being in the show, that decision, I guess, makes a whole lot of sense. Wes Johnson, you had a pretty good weekend. Number two. Number two, the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup last night, a 2-1 victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 6, halting the Lightning's pursuit of a third consecutive Stanley Cup championship, something that had not been accomplished since Al Arbor's New York Islanders won four in a row, 1980 through 1983. That run ended when the Edmonton Oilers surge started with guys like Gretzky, Curry, Messier, Anderson, Coffey, Fuhr. That team was absolutely loaded. You think back, I don't know how they lost a game. But Colorado... Three straight years, losing in the second round. Finally got over the hump. I know Florida had more points during the regular season and won the President's Cup trophy for the best team in the regular season. But for my money, this was the best team. I picked Colorado over the Rangers at the start of the postseason. Rangers fell to Tampa Bay in Game 7 of the East Final, but Colorado got it done as they had to beat a really good St. Louis team, Edmonton team, and then finally Tampa Bay in Game 6. Kale McCarr, who was the defenseman for the University of Massachusetts, 
He was a part of the Minute Maid team that beat the Irish in a regional final a few years ago. He won the Hobie Baker as the best player in college hockey. McCarr then won Rookie of the Year in the NHL. He's now won the Norris Trophy for the top defenseman in the NHL. He won the Conn Smythe last night for the best player in the postseason and now has a Stanley Cup championship. And I think he's only 23 years old. He is as close to Bobby Orr as we have seen since the legendary Hall of Fame defenseman of the Bruins and a little bit with the Blackhawks had to retire due to some horrible knee injuries. But the Avalanche won the Cup. They're number two on my list. Number one. And number one, who had the best weekend? Let's go with Ole Miss baseball. The Rebels won the College World Series. Folks, when the teams were unveiled for the 64-team NCAA tournament, Ole Miss was team number 64. They very easily could have been left out. You might recall Notre Dame head coach Link Jarrett being frustrated that his son's team, NC State, was left out. Well, what happens if NC State gets in and Ole Miss does not? First, Ole Miss does not have their chance for glory. Could NC State have taken that spot? Who knows? I mean, who knows? But you talk about taking advantage of the opportunity. The last team in the field won the national championship. Michigan almost pulled this off a couple of years ago before falling, I think, to Vanderbilt. They were the last team and got to the championship game. But Ole Miss won the Coral Gables Regional. They swept Southern Mississippi on the road in the Super Regional. They were plus 800 to win the College World Series. Well, you know, they got to Omaha, and they won the championship going 10-1 and in the postseason, 20-6 and in their last 26 games, a team that was well under 500 in SEC play. They're national champions. Mississippi State won the title last year, Ole Miss this year. All those Mississippi State fans that have been trash-talking their Ole Miss friends for the last year, do you think they went into hiding yesterday? Do you think they changed their cell phone numbers? Because the Ole Miss fans are going to be tracking down their buddies who root for the boys from Starkville, and they're going to return the favor, I think, for the next year or so. Ole Miss, last team in the field, national champions you just never know that is our my five question of the day it is 624 at sports radio 960 wsbt in 1922 we began broadcasting under the call letters wgaz the world's greatest automotive zone now we're your home for the fighting irish of notre dame and the best sports talk in south bend Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. We are halfway through the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Coming up on tomorrow's program, Blue and Gold Illustrated, Notre Dame football recruiting insider Mike Singer rejoins the program for his Tuesday conversation. We will spend a little time talking about the latest Notre Dame football verbal commitment from Friday, and that is tight end Jack Larson, a four-star prospect out of North Carolina, picked the Fighting Irish on Friday over finalist Clemson, Michigan, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. According to 
on three consensus, and that is that ranking that takes the major outlets and does a little math and comes up with basically an average number for all these players and and four-star, five-star, whatever the case may be, and, and ranks these players. And according to the on-three consensus, Larson is the number 14 tight end in the class of 2024, overall status player number 245. Besides those finalists I just mentioned, he also had offers from Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Ohio State, Texas A&M. Larson is listed at 6'3", 212 pounds. The addition of Larson enhanced Notre Dame's hold on the number one spot in the class of 2024 team rankings. We all know by now the Irish have been number one in the 23 class for some time, but early on in the process for 2024, Notre Dame is also number one in the country. Why? They have four commitments for the class of 2024, all four players, and if you're into the star process, are four stars. Celine, Michigan, quarterback C.J. Carr. We've talked a lot about him. The grandson of former Michigan head coach Lloyd Carr. The He's ranked highest in the on-three consensus among the four players at number 28 overall. You got West Bloomfield, Michigan High defensive lineman Brandon Davis Swain. He is ranked number 38 overall in the country. Then you've got Princeton, New Jersey defensive lineman Owen Waffley. He is the number 240 player overall. And then Larson comes in as player number 245 in the class of 2024. So Notre Dame is number one and a chance to possibly increase their lead over the competition coming up on Wednesday. That's because Notre Dame has a chance to add a fifth player for the class of 2024. Glenn Allen, Illinois, Glenn Bard South High School, four-star wide receiver Cam Williams is going to make his college choice. And on Wednesday, it sounds like Notre Dame has a very good chance to pick up the services of Williams. Now, according to that on-three consensus, Williams is listed as the 76th best player in the class of 2024. Now, the individuals who work for on-three, like Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated, they make their predictions on these players. And the on-three recruiting prediction machine considers Notre Dame the favorite to land wide receiver Cam Williams. He is 6'2", 175 pounds. Again, he's from Glen Ellen, Illinois, Glen Bard South High School. The leading contenders for Williams, Notre Dame, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan. Now, Blue and Gold Illustrated, of course, covered Irish Invasion a few weeks ago, and Williams was there. And Blue and Gold wrote, Williams effortlessly caught the balls thrown his way in initial warm-up drills and continued to impress throughout the day with soft hands. It was clear he had a great rapport with Irish wide receivers coach Chancey Stuckey as the two were laughing and smiling between reps. So as we sit here right now, according to On3 Consensus, Notre Dame has the number one recruiting class for 23, number one recruiting class for 24, four four-star prospects in the 24 class, and that number could rise to five on Wednesday if wide receiver Cam Williams 
picks the Fighting Irish over schools like Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan. And again, the expectation is right now, Williams will say yes to the Fighting Irish. So stay tuned for that. 6.35 is our time. We'll talk more about these subjects with Mike on tomorrow's program at 6.06. When we come back, we'll do some sports wagering. Then you'll hear some comments from Link Jarrett's introductory press conference at Florida State earlier today where he talked about his experience with Notre Dame. Back with more Sports Beat next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. 6.40 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A full two hours of Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight due to the fact that the South Bend Cubs are idle today. They're on the road to take on Beloit. Tomorrow night, a game that you can hear on WSBT Radio. In fact, I think we are two hours all week this week since the Irish are in the Irish. The South Bend Cubs are in the central time zone. Our sports wagering segment here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. By the way, Darren Pritchett with you, 641 on this Monday evening. I come up with four selections each show. Then the next day we come back and review those picks to see how they turned out. For the month of June, with just a couple of days left, I am 17-13-1 for the season, 42-30-1. After a week's worth of vacation, let's pick up the choices. And basically, we are down to Major League Baseball, unless you want to wager on Wimbledon. And I don't really follow tennis anymore. I used to. I used to enjoy tennis back in the day, but really don't watch it anymore. So that would be just... Flipping a coin, basically. So it is Major League Baseball or nothing at this particular time. So we have four Major League Baseball picks ready to roll for tonight's We Going to Sizzler sports wagering segment on Sportsbeat here on WSBT Radio. So away we go. Selection number one. The Chicago White Sox will be visiting the Los Angeles Angels in the opener of a series out on the West Coast. And the over-under total run score between the two teams was set at 8.5. I believe more than 8.5 runs are going to be scored in this game tonight. Noah Syndergaard, Thor, the old Mets right-hander who's dealt with a lot of injuries before now popping back up with the L.A. Angels taking on Lucas Giolito, whose ERA has now risen above five. I think the offenses will have a good night tonight. Wouldn't be surprised if this is a 6-4 type ball game. So I'm going to go White Sox-Angels over eight and a half total runs in the matchup out in Anaheim. Second selection for tonight. We stick with the American League. It is the Cleveland Guardians hosting... The Minnesota Twins in a battle for first place in the AL Central. And it is Sonny Gray taking on Tristan McKenzie. They are the pitchers in line tonight to start this ball game in Cleveland. Tristan McKenzie, I'm a big fan of. He is a very talented, thin, but hard-throwing right-hander that Cleveland has developed. Boy, they've developed some good pitching the last few years. 
McKenzie has been rock solid throughout the year. Sonny Gray is on the mound for the Twins, a veteran right-hander who has been on the injury list a couple of times for Minnesota. And despite some of the injuries the Twins have had, they are still atop the AL Central. So in this matchup, the Guardians at home are the underdog against Minnesota. But I think that Tristan McKenzie will have the better night tonight against that Twins offense. So I'm going to go with the home team, the underdog, the Guardians on the money line. And I'll get Cleveland at plus 105 to defeat the Minnesota Twins. Now we go to the National League for the third selection tonight. And it's a matchup in St. Louis. The Marlins taking on the Cardinals. St. Louis has some major injury concerns right now. Their starting center fielder, Harrison Bader, just went on the injured list today. Jack Flaherty, a starter who began yesterday's game against the Cubs. He's on the injured list. One of the three Cardinal relievers they can count on are on the injured list right now, Henesis Cabrera. I think this is a Cardinal team that could be ready to take a bit of a fall right now in the NL Central, a late June swoon. And the Cardinals have to deal with the Marlins, who are playing well right now, and their young right-hander is exciting. Pablo Lopez, he'll take the mound tonight against the old veteran right-hander, Adam Wainwright, who's great at Bush Stadium. But I'm going with the road underdog in this matchup. I'm going to go Marlins on the money line to win in St. Louis over the Cardinals at plus 110. And the fourth and final suggestion for tonight, Rangers on the money line at Kansas City at minus 145. I'll go with the favorite Texas behind their left-hander, Martin Perez, who's having a terrific year with a 196 ERA. The Royals go with Chris Bubik, who has a 741 ERA. I'll just take my chances going by the numbers and go with the Rangers. So the four picks for tonight, White Sox-Angels combined for over eight and a half runs. Guardians on the money line against the Twins at plus 105. Marlins on the money line, a win over the Cardinals at plus 110. And the Rangers on the money line at the Royals at minus 145. It is 14 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. Some of Link Jarrett's comments down at Florida State today in regards to Notre Dame is next on WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith, touchdown. 5-5 rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. Let's sneak in a little Notre Dame football news. Walter Camp, preseason All-American list. Three Irish made this particular set of teams. Second team honors went to two Notre Dame players. Tight end Michael Mayer and safety, the newcomer from Northwestern, Brendan Joseph. And the Notre Dame player that made all-American status for Walter Camp in the preseason. First team honor for Notre Dame center, Jarrett Patterson. I would like to look up here in a couple of moments who the tight end was ahead of Michael Mayer. No disrespect to that individual without knowing who it is. I would bet that's a mistake. I think I would go with Mr. Mayer first on my list this year for the best tight end in the country. And I think the National Football League 
would agree with me on that particular choice. So Walter Camp, preseason All-American, first team Jared Patterson, second team Michael Mayer, and Brandon Joseph. Earlier today, former Irish baseball coach Link Jarrett became the new head coach at Florida State, met the media today, spent a little time talking about the Fighting Irish. First off, from his press conference earlier today in Tallahassee, Link Jarrett discussed leaving the University of Notre Dame and heading to his alma mater, Florida State. The insightful discussions we had um, when our last out was made in Omaha led me to a very easy decision. Leaving Notre Dame was difficult. Um, I would like to acknowledge Father John Jenkins, our, our president, um, Jack Swarbrick, our athletic director, Jody Sadler, my sport oversight for the opportunity there. Um, our players laid it on the line for three years. Our assistant coaches, they gave it everything they had, and that was four championships in two years to show for their efforts. I'm honored to embrace the significant historical parts of this program. Many, many historical things that stand out before I ever stepped foot on this campus and put the uniform on, after I left, I do recognize what has gone on here for decades. I have to create a trajectory with the program to modernize what we're doing. We have to improve the organization. We have to become complete in all phases of what we're trying to do with the program. There's one thing I haven't done, and that's win a national championship, and that's why I'm here. It's not easy. I, I know this is difficult. Um, walking off that field a week ago was challenging, emotional, um, and, I, and I actually walked off that field three times as a player. And I'm going to walk off that field at some point with the trophy. And... and And I have a feeling that probably will be the case at some point. Later on in the press conference? As a player, or growing up in Tallahassee, was this something that you ever could have conceived? Yes. <laughs> I did. I... I I played for the greatest coach in college baseball history. And Jeff Hogan was a phenomenal high school coach. So those two motivated me to think the game and study the game. I envision one day thinking about what it would be like to be the head coach of Florida State. Does that appear to line up in today's world of college athletics? Did I really think that was a possibility? Faintly. But I had thought about it. Yes. I want to play one more sound bite for you before to the end of the show. And Coach Jarrett was asked about what he learned from his experience being the head coach at Notre Dame three years in charge of this Irish program, a very interesting answer. 
what was meant to be, it happened. I was meant to be the coach at Notre Dame. That was a long process here. Went on for months and months. Tricky process for myself, probably tricky for Junior. I was meant to be the coach at Notre Dame. What we were able to do up there had never been done. And that's where I belonged for that period of time. We played 13 series on the road this year. We chartered the postseason three and the one here. You, you go sit in Chicago O'Hare on Thursday night for four hours to try to wait to fly to Orlando or Raleigh. That's how we travel. I think I'm a better coach because I watch those guys absolutely grind it out in every facet of their experience at Notre Dame. I had to be more creative with practice. We spent seven straight weeks on an indoor football field, and half of the time we shared it with softball, men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, and the track team ran around the track the entire time we practiced. That's from 8 to 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. You might have the 9 to 11 slot on Sunday. Then you might have to finish your scrimmage in our batting cage. And if you're not tough enough to play on the road and come out of the gates, your season is over before you ever play a home game. So if that doesn't make you a little more creative and a better coach, I don't know what will. Yeah, that is difficult. When you talk about trying to keep the focus of your team, trying to get things accomplished, when you have all those other activities taking place in the same facility, including the track team running around, that's tough. That's really tough. And not to get everything done and you have to finish in your batting cages, something that should be done in an open area. That is not ideal, but credit to the coaching staff of the players. They overcame those obstacles and made it to the College World Series, giving us Irish fans a lot of great memories this year. And good luck to Coach Jared down at Florida State. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Mary Vegan, South Bend, or Kimberly Thibodeau in South Bend. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. The St. Joseph County 4-H Fair. Summer starts here July 1st through the 9th. Get details at 4hfair.com. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Coming up on tomorrow's program, Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, Mike Singer, joins me for his weekly visit at 6.07. And also the former voice of Notre Dame baseball, Chuck Freebie, is going to join me at 5.40 to discuss where the Notre Dame program sits in the ACC or maybe even back to the Big East days in terms of facilities. And this is a program that's to travel commercially. 
that has its challenges as well. We'll talk about those topics tomorrow with Mike and Chuck. Have a great evening. It is 7 o'clock at WSBT South Bend.